0: Welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Mindset and Love Coach. I'm here to talk with you on the solo episode about the idea of freedom versus connection and relationship. And while this should be a balanced thing... And we will talk about the solutions to creating this balance at the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about how these dissociative parts come into skew with one another, making you feel as if you can either have connection or you can have freedom, also known as autonomy. So pull up a chair put on your ear pods, or as you're cruising in the car, go ahead and turn us up on the stereo. I'm so glad to have you with us today. So the idea, you can have you and you can have us together at the same time. And I'm sure everybody's experienced that feeling of being smothered or feeling like they're needing autonomy needing freedom within a relationship and but also feeling them want the need to be connected to some other person especially in a romantic and intimate capacity so while this is a normal continuum It is not normal and it is unhealthy if it becomes unbalanced, if your deep neediness for connection or feeling like you can only be whole when connected to another in an intimate relationship. On the other hand, your inability or fear that somebody's going to overtake you when you are in a relationship and you're going to lose your autonomy or independence. What if I told you it is possible to bring these two into balance and they are not at odds against one another, which often it, it can feel that way because we have parts of ourselves That have been damaged and pushed aside, or beliefs have been made about what it means to have a relationship, need a relationship, need to be whole, or feeling engulfed anytime that you are in a relationship. As humans, we need relationships, we need to be inner connected, especially when we're young. And this is often the time that things get skewed. But we need other people to take care of us, to put a roof over our head, to care for our emotional and physical needs. This is where things become skewed, especially if we have parents that are either neglectful or are more narcissistic in character where it's more concern about what they need from you versus giving you what you need developmentally as a child in a healthy parental child relationship you as a child an individual Sees their needs, wants, and feelings responded to in an appropriate way as they're able to be autonomous and separate from their parents. But the split, when you're feeling that you can either have autonomy or you can have connection, happens from that same place where a parent does not see you as an individual and feels they want to mold you into what they want you to be for them, for their ego. What that causes is you to abandon your truth and often abandon parts of yourself and your sense of self. It creates an inability to have boundaries, thus autonomy. When this survival mode, this inability to create close, safe connections can either lead to a dependent nature in you that you give up parts of yourself and you feel it's necessary to sacrifice parts of yourself or your needs, wants, or feelings so you can stay connected Or you may lean toward the opposing energy of isolation, of protection against somebody taking so much control away from you, perhaps like a parent did, not enabling you to be actually who you are. So thus anytime you're in an adult relationship or an intimate relationship any sense of somebody wanting something from you or wanting a deeper connection or intimacy can feel like a threat. So the first is on that one side of continuum the hyper need for connection at all costs. It's a sense of bidding. All you want is to be connected, and you're feeling like you need to do whatever it takes to have your partner not leave you and stay because of that imbalance. The downside of this is codependence the extreme denial of the negative or the things that may not be working in a relationship and the need to abandon yourself with that. The number one motive is to connect with another. Never give up. All you need is love. But and sacrifice of the self and of your autonomy. Then comes the extremist of freedom, the wanting, the needing, the fighting for autonomy, looking out for one's best interests at all costs, its avoidance of feeling controlled or feeling that you have to give up your needs and not looking at somebody else's needs or not being responsible for somebody else's needs. This is a total avoidance of being used. But I'm going to tell you a story about Steve and Marla. So Steve came from a family very similar to Marla's where he had to do everything for his mother. She was single right after Steve was born, and he became the man of the family, being the eldest of three boys. He was responsible when she was emotionally irresponsible, and had to take care of his younger siblings. He had to deal with her emotional outbursts, and he was never allowed to have his own opinions, wants, and needs. He saw his mother as someone controlling and as someone who was taking away his autonomy. So he leaned over to the place of freedom where Marla grew up with two parents as an only child. And she was asked to grow up a little bit earlier than most children. They had such high expectations of her. They expected her that she all get straight A's and that she was involved in math and science, although she had a strong interest in theater and the arts that it really wasn't approved upon, and she felt they took their love away when she wouldn't excel in those areas, that she was ignored and wasn't loved unless she did exactly what they wanted. So Marla and Steve were attracted to one another. Marla saw this very independent, somebody that she can prove her worth to. And Steve saw Marla as someone who would do whatever it took to make him feel loved, even though he wouldn't give back to her in that same way. A match made in hell and purgatory and definitely not heaven. But we all go through it to some degree or another. And it is till we bring these parts of ourselves and heal those childhood parts that we can really be in that place of autonomy and accepting ourselves and yet accepting and acknowledging the needs of our partner, being flexible But wounds from childhood cause childhood-like attitudes, elicit the fears that we have about not being able to earn love or not being able to be ourselves and have boundaries. And like I've discussed in prior episodes about attachment styles, this definitely highlights some of the attachment styles related to avoidance of intimacy and the obsession about a certain partner overlooking the red flags. So let's start there, the anxious attachment style, also known as anxious ambivalent or anxious preoccupied. It's similar um, insecure attachment style that's characterized by intense fear of abandonment or rejection. This attachment style also relies on their partner for emotional regulation. The specifics to how this is developed through childhood is about inconsistent parenting that isn't attuned to the child's needs. Kids have difficulty understanding their caregivers and have or feel no security for what to expect and are often confused when their parental relationships feel unstable. Children with this attachment style experience high amounts of distress when their caregivers leave or are inconsistent. Sometimes parents will be supportive and responsive, but then out of the blue, they won't be. And they really aren't attuned to how their child responds. So this anxious attachment style often ends up in confusion and self-blame for how things went. Parents often were alternated between being overly coddling to really detached and indifferent. Parents who were easily overwhelmed by life and sometimes very attentive and in tune with what's going on and then all of a sudden be gone. Another thing that is really stand out for this kind of attachment styles, having parents responsible for their feelings. So therefore, they feel like they need to take care of their significant others and other people's feelings. And this is where codependence comes from. Some signs in adult romantic relationships could be Clingy tendencies, being highly sensitive to criticism or perceived criticism, constant need for approval that everything's okay or they're okay, being highly jealous, difficulty being alone, very low self-esteem, and underlying feeling unworthy of love the intensity of rejection or fear of rejection. Again, significant, significant fear of abandonment. But also on the other side, difficulty trusting others and trusting themselves. Unfortunately, this codependent tendency has these People with anxious attachment styles being in relationships that aren't very fulfilling or reciprocal. They blame themselves for things going on in the relationship and can be intensely jealous and distrustful due to poor self esteem. There's such a deep rooted fear of abandonment, rejection or being left alone. Then the latter, those seeking freedom, autonomy, are often the avoidant attachment style. Avoidant, dismissive avoidant, or anxious avoidant are words for insecure attachment styles. It is the failure to build a long-term relationship with others due to the lack of ability to engage in physical and emotional intimacy. Their childhood might have been characterized by having emotionally distanced and um, absent caregivers physically. They may have left you to fend for yourself, expected an extreme exorbitant independence, reprimanded you for wanting something from them or being dependent on them and rejected when you had emotional needs or wants and been very slow or ambivalent in meeting your very basic needs. Some of these parents are outwardly neglectful but sometimes simply busy, slightly disinterested in parenting, but appear more concerned with things and outward appearances like grades, chores, and superficial things, and perhaps how y'all looked from the outside. This causes children to have an unusually strong sense of independence and the wish to not have to rely on anyone for care or support. Some signs of an anxious avoidant attachment style is the avoidance of emotional or physical intimacy, feeling a pride or strong sense of the ability to be independent, very uncomfortable expressing emotions, being very dismissive of others, and having a difficult time with trusting other people, feeling threatened by anyone who tries to get close, spending more time isolating than interacting with others, and a strong belief that the They don't need others in their life. And quote-unquote, commitment issues. So while this may play out in a lot of ways in relationships, they may allow romantic partners to engage with them. But in so many ways, they avoid getting intimate or very close. A partner may feel as if they can never get inside or totally know their partner. So often stonewalling occurs or feeling dismissed when the relationship feels too serious for the anxious avoidant partner. So how does one move beyond this dysfunctional fear of intimacy or the fear of being alone and needing validation from another. Because in one way or another, we all deal with this dichotomy, our need for connection and our need for autonomy. But if this gets skewed in our childhood or in past relationships, It's difficult to find that balance. And the truth is, we can do both. It's not being reliant on our partner to be the end-all, be-all, to make us feel whole, or giving up our independence or our autonomy to be in a relationship. We can actually do both. Oftentimes, one side or another will come up in relationships. And the first is acknowledgement. If you find relationship after relationship does not work out for whatever reason, you're abandoned or you're the one who ends it because of fear of intimacy. Intimacy and communication are the true healers of this issue. Being a little vulnerable, being honest about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and what your triggers are is so important. You can listen back to conscious communication and listening skills in earlier podcasts that I offer. Another thing is using your emotions as a navigational tool rather than trying to bury them. When there are childhood wounds that are showing emotion, find out what's below them. Journal, talk to a coach or a therapist and become aware of them and then talk to your partner. It's important that you're in a relationship where you can be honest and talk to a partner about what's going on so you and they understand. Sometimes it's important that the healing happens in an intimate partnership because In these are where our childhood issues arise. No, we are all individuals. We are all so different. It's not just the masculine and just the feminine and you need to act in certain scripted ways. We are so unique like snowflakes. And it's embracing all these pieces of ourselves rather than blaming others or blaming ourselves for how we feel. That is just a start. We are all here on this earth to learn more about our connection and about ourselves. So just remember that. And that you are a unique snowflake within yourself, not damaged, not wrong, just unique. Thank you for listening to the Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Mindset and Love Coach, signing off with you today. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening in with us because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to. Tell your friends all about the podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell, leave feedback. It helps the podcast so much. If you want to become a part of the Relationship Rebellion, You can find us on Love Anarchy Podcast on Facebook. I'd like to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote, Love is the only true power.